Buzz, brought to you by electricianslibrary.com, where we're building the world's largest online informational resource for the electrical trades, including product videos, data sheets, stories, and more. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash electricianslibrary, and follow us on Twitter at electriclibrary. Now, on with the show. Welcome back, Buzz Nation. This is episode five of the Weekly Buzz. All right, let's get this started with the definition of the week. Uh, This week's definition is continuous load. If you don't remember what continuous load is defined by the NEC, it is a load where maximum current is expected to continue for three hours or more. And so, if you've got a if you got a load where it's expected to run for three hours or more, then you effectively need to uh, calculate your conductors for 125 percent of what that load's going to be. So, if your if your maximum current is five amps, and uh, you think it's going to be, you anticipate that it's going to be running for three hours or more, you're going to need to size your conductor for at least 6.25 amps. So that is 125 percent. Of the uh, of the five amp maximum rating that you think is going to run for more than three hours. So continuous load uh, expected to can expected to uh, run at maximum current for three hours or more. So remember that one, uh, and always use it when you're sizing and doing your load calculations. So let's talk about the code change for the week. Also. Uh, this one here comes from section uh, article 110.21, uh, and we're going to go straight down to B, because this is, this is all highlighted, which uh, my interpretation is that it's been, all, this is all new, uh, but this is talking about markings, and uh, in the last episode we talked a lot about safety, I'm sure we'll talk about safety in pretty much every podcast that we do here. But uh, 110, Article 110.21, Section B says, Field Applied Hazard Markings. Where caution, warning, or danger, uh, danger signs or labels are required by this code, the label shall meet the following requirements. Number one, the marking shall adequately warn of the hazard using effective words and or colors or symbols. Okay, got to have lots of wording, lots of colors and symbols. Um, number two, the label shall be permanently affixed to the equipment or wiring method and shall not be handwritten. So definitely something that you got to have professionally made up, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a sticker, whether it's a tag, and it needs to be permanently affixed to the equipment. Uh, there's an exception to number two, portions of labels or markings that are variable or could be subject to changes shall be permitted to be handwritten and shall be legible. So if something's going to change, if it's not permanent, uh, permanent equipment, something's going to change, then you may may write it by hand because things are going to change later. Uh, number three, the label shall be of sufficient durability to withstand the environment involved. So make sure that whatever labels you are putting up can, uh, can handle the weather, handle the storm, uh, one of the main reasons for the labeling requirements, at least from what I've seen, is 
uh, maintenance people are not not always knowing what they're doing or what equipment they're dealing with. They didn't install it. They're sometimes they're a lot of times coming in after the fact. Um, you know, maybe they're hired five years down the road. They just you just never know. Things are never consistent. Things don't stay consistent. And so label them because I mean it's safety for everybody. Safety for you. Safety for those guys coming in later. And uh, you know it just it's just the way to do it. So onto the onto the story. Uh, Kyle Campbell uh, submitted this one on Facebook. Um, he says that he was working in an area and some guys put a regular meter on some 4160. They were uh, they were troubleshooting. Uh, control circuit and didn't check to make sure that the 4160 was disconnected crazy they were really lucky and only ended up with minor burns pretty much the ppe is what saved them some serious injury so remember your ppe guys remember your ppe uh and let's talk about the burns for a minute uh let's just go over real quickly the first aid uh what you do for a burn um you know, obviously, to care for the burns, you got to stop the burning. Stop, drop, and roll. Use water, or uh, you know, to or smother the flames with a with a jacket, a blanket, whatever you've got around. Uh, obviously, be careful if there's oil present because water can water can spread that. But uh, number one, of course, is stop the burning. Number two is is uh, try to cool it off a little bit. Cool water, wet clothes. Uh, try to get the pain to decrease. Uh, you know, try to get that within within the next 10 minutes. Um, for first degree burns, you can use the aloe vera gel, uh, you know, antibiotic ointments. You know, if the, if the skin's blistering, that's a second degree burn. You try to try to apply some nonstick dressing, dressings, third degree burns, you know, it's gone through everything, muscle fat, get them to the hospital. Uh, you know, if they're having a hard time breathing, uh, if there's head or hands or feet, you know, involved, they're really old, really young, if it's electricity or chemicals, uh, you know, get them, get them to the hospital, you know, you gotta, you gotta get them to the hospital and get things taken care of, so if there are electrical burns, make sure you check the scene for, uh, for electrical hazards, if there's down power lines, you know, you, you gotta call utility companies, don't, don't get crazy, don't get near that stuff, you know, Check their breathing if you can. You might have to perform CPR, uh, and make sure you're up on all that stuff. Make sure that you're you're aware of how to perform these things because you never know when when uh, somebody's life is gonna you know require you to you to help them to to save it. So, anyways, that's uh, just the the uh, I guess safety tip of the safety tip of the week. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just always repetition. You got to remember this stuff. So that's, that's why I bring it up. So today's topic, uh, this might be uh, geared more towards the business owners out there, but it also applies to employees who want to help, uh, sustain, uh, a, uh, successful company because a successful company is obviously gonna, gonna continue to, to bring that paycheck in for them as long as they're a good employee. So, um, I want to talk about a little bit about social media today. You know, the Facebook, the Pinterest, the Twitters, the, uh, you know, what else is out there? Instagram, um, Snapchat, you know, all that, all that good stuff. And you're probably wondering, 
you know, how is that even applicable to my business? Well, pretty much social media is applicable to every business out there now. And I don't, and people don't, don't get it. You know, they don't understand why, why they need to be using these things in their business. So we probably won't get super deep into it, but just, uh, just an overview, some quick tips that uh, can help you at least get started. But, um, you know, why should you be using social media? Here's just three stats that are going to, that are going to help you understand why you need to. Currently, there are over 1 billion users on Facebook. Now, obviously, that's worldwide, but think of how many of those are in the U.S. So, 1 billion people on Facebook. Uh, on Pinterest, you know, Pinterest, you can, you can be posting pictures of your work and, and putting it on there and using educational infographics and such. There's 70 million users on Pinterest right now. So, uh, on the Twitter... Okay, Twitter, you can, you know, you can post little, quick little uh, home improvement tips, safety tips, you know, whatever it might be, educational items. There are 255 million users on Twitter. So think about the enormity of those figures. One billion on Facebook, almost one and a half billion on Facebook, 70 million on Pinterest, 255 million on Twitter. I mean, you've got the world in your hands. I mean, you can communicate with anybody and everybody at that rate. It's just a matter of learning how to use it. There are, as I was kind of doing a little bit of this research, there's over 700 um, social media sites out there. So obviously you can't use all of them. Um, you're not going to be able to use all of them. You don't need to use all of them. But you need to find the one that's going to be right for your for your market, for your niche. And, uh, you know, something something to learn about. So why why would you want to do this? I mean, obviously, I just told you why. There's billions of people using this stuff. So that's billions of people that you can target to uh, to try to grow your business. So let's talk about uh, five steps that you can take to start making social media work for you. So number one is you've got to have a goal. You know, how are you going to integrate um, social media? into your overall marketing plan. Um, do you even have a marketing plan right now? Or is it just word of mouth? Or is it just kind of a little little ad in the newspaper here and there? Uh, you know, what are you doing to, to garner business right now? So if you're gonna if you're gonna use social media, you've got to uh, you've got to figure out you know how it's gonna go into your your marketing plan. If you don't have a marketing plan, then uh, you can start one, you can start a marketing plan with social media and base your marketing plan around these things. Facebook, for instance, you know, surely you've got plenty of friends out there and you can use Facebook to start a company page, ask your friends to like it, ask them to promote it to their friends, okay? I mean, it sounds kind of like a, a, a pyramid scheme, but... You know, you're just trying to get the word out there. And then as you get these likes on your page, you can start, you know, putting putting your tips, putting pictures of, you know, the work that you're doing on there and letting people know what you do. I mean, you don't want to get yourself obviously super overwhelmed, but you want to make sure that people are well aware. I, you know, I run into this problem. People come into the store and they'll say, hey, I need an electrician. Well, I mean, there's electricians all over the place but they're not advertising their services out there where people 
can access them readily. So if you don't have a marketing plan, start a marketing plan and, you know, base it, if nothing else, base it around the social media so that people can, uh, people can know that you're out there. Um, so number two is assign someone to mind the store. Okay. Do you have somebody that currently works for you that could head up a social media uh, campaign? You know, it's the younger generation is the ones that are taking this over. Do you have a young apprentice that you could say, Hey, you know, I'm going to give you the ha- the first half of Monday or the last half of Friday off. And you're going to take care of our social media campaign. You know, come, come to the office or come to, you know, wherever you're based out of, you know, at eight o'clock Monday morning and from eight to noon, you're going to take care of a social media campaign and you're going to set things up to run the whole week. And then the rest of the week you're going to come and, and apprentice and get your hours and learn and they can, they can take care of that for you. So assign somebody to do it. Don't just run into this willy nilly think, Oh, I can do it. And then all of a sudden you make a strong run for like a day and then don't do anything else. So assign somebody to do it. If that's you, make sure you're taking the time to, to, uh, make it happen. Um, number three is produce original content. We've all got something to say. Uh, we might not know exactly how to say it and we might have to be refreshed by looking at some things that other people, that other people say, but come up with some original content. Don't just repurpose other people's content because that gets kind of boring. So put your own twist on it, put your own spin on it, put your personality into it and, you know, let other people know what you know. Um, my wife works for a dentist and and they've got a Facebook page and they're working on a website, but there's no education out there. What, how can you educate uh, people that you want to be your clients? How can you help them to find value in your services when you're not even over there? Um, you know, be posting content every day. It just has to be one-liners. It may not even have to deal with the electrical trade. You know, maybe it's just a, a positive quote that is going to make everybody feel just a little bit better and they'll know where your values and where you stand are. Okay. So, so try to come up with original content and, uh, you know, if you can't come up with it yourself, you know, you might benefit from, you know, having some guests, uh, guest posts or something. And, uh, you know, if you're doing a blog, have a guest post and, you know, get, get some original content out there. Um, number four is build a community. You know, you've got a specific audience you're looking for, and it's probably people that need wiring done, obviously. I mean, you're an electrician, and so you have services of being able to deal with with electricity. Um, People have problems all the time. They've got maintenance issues. They've got new buildings that need to be constructed. They've got gas plants or power plants or, or whatever, you know. Build your community around the people that can be your customers. You know, if you're not, if you're not a resi guy, then don't try to go after homeowners. You know, if you're a commercial guy, then try to build your audience around maybe general contractors that get the big, the big commercial jobs. You know, if you're a, if you're a a gas guy, an oil and gas guy, then build your audience around oil and gas companies. Uh, you know, people that are, that are, uh, you know, working on rigs or building gas plants or, you know, pipeline production, you know, that kind of stuff. So 
target your audience and then and build that community around around that audience you know like this podcast is you know directed towards the electrical trades so you know electricians you know distributors wholesalers you know whoever is involved with electro electrical trades i want i want them to be involved in this and that's my target audience and so um i'm hoping that it's providing value you know content value and something that uh you know I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make it more interesting, trying to make it more entertaining. And I've got some ideas that I'm going to try to be implementing over the next few weeks. And so, but I want it to be something that you guys can look forward to. And it's not, uh, not the norm, not something that everybody else is doing out there. It seems like everybody's doing a, Hey, I want to help you, you know, grow your Twitter. Or I want to help you grow this, or I want to help you build an internet business. And, you know, everybody's doing it. But no, nobody's doing this, and I, I really want this to be something valuable to all you guys out there. So, uh, then number five, uh, just remember that building the social media isn't free. Sure, it's free to get an account, it's free to post content on there, but it is going to take some manpower. It's going to take some human capital, I guess you would say, to to make this happen. So. Like I say, if you've got somebody that you can assign to it, if you don't mind paying them out a couple, you know, a couple hours a week to to do this, then do it because it it's gonna be a long, tough road to to build that. But once you're once you're into it and you have a starting to build that community, it's totally gonna be worth it. So uh, those are just kind of five tips on how social media can help you as an electrician and uh, help you build your business. If you start building that community. Uh, you know, that's, that's a customer base. That is future customers. Um, they may not be paying you right now for it, but they, they are future customers and they're going to appreciate the, the information that you're, that you're giving to them to give them, you know, education in case you're not available. They can take care of a few things themselves. Uh, and it's just, it's good to have people out there, and, and I think a lot of people stray away from it because they think, well, if I teach them how to do this, then I'm putting myself out of business. The truth of the matter is they're not going to do it themselves. They want to know how to do it. They'd like to understand how to do it, but most people just don't have time to do it. And so they're going to call you if they know that you're around and available and they know your name and you do quality work, then they're going to call you. They're going to call you first. So, so social media, if you're not doing it, do it now. If you're not, if you're doing it now, but not super heavy into it, then I'd, I'd advise that you try to get into it because this is, this is how the advertising goes. You know, the newspaper, the radio, uh, TV commercials, they're going way fast. They're, you know, they don't have a lot of value anymore. And for an advertiser, for using an electrician, you're paying way more money to put your ad in a newspaper for the reach you can get for almost for free by going on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. So it, it's time to start learning and it's time to, time to jump in uh, head first. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap the show up. Uh, got a quick customer tip for you. Like I said in the last show, this is, this is a tip. Okay. So this is a tip that you could put on your social media. Okay. XYZ electric, your homepage, all right, here's your tip of the day or your tip of the week. Um, the tip of the tip of the week is dealing with the extension cords and surge protector safety. So last week we talked about faulty wiring in houses, and but we also talked about UL listings. So when you're buying extension cords or surge protectors, look for that UL certification label. Um, 
from a from an independent testing lab like the UL um, ETL, you know, electrical testing laboratories, or you know, it's going to be on the cord, it's going to be on the surge protector, or it's going to be on the package. Um, and if if it has those on it, then you're you're going to be sure that you're safe. Um, just make sure you're using the electrical cords, power strips, surge protectors that have this polarized plugs. You know, one side is bigger or wider, I guess you would say, than the other side. Um, because that you make sure that you're putting those in polarity, polarity correctly. Um, also, you know, always try to go for the, the three prong grounded plugs. Uh, these, of course, reduce risk of electric shock. So there's a tip of the week that you can share with, uh, with your customers, whether on your Facebook page or your Twitter. And, uh, you know, just, just look into it. We're trying to put together a product right now to help electricians with their social, 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 social media agendas and to try to help you get out there. We'll uh, try to keep you updated and posted um, with uh, when that is going to come out. Um, but just, uh, you know, check back often, electricianslibrary.com. Uh, we're still getting product videos up and we're uh, working on a few other, few other projects as well. So check back. Don't get discouraged. We're, we're going to be up and running soon. And even after it's up and running, we're still going to be constantly adding video and content and all kinds of stuff to the site because we want it to be, uh, you know, we want it to be one of the best resources out there for the electrical trades. So thanks again for listening. And uh, until next time, stay grounded.